everyone, welcome into another edition of the Woj Pod. Here with Kemba Walker, four-time NBA All-Star who is down in Florida braving tropical storms here as this NBA season's <laughs> rolling in. Kemba, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm, I'm great. What is it like, Kemba? You've been on basketball teams. I would imagine you've been on a team since you were six years old, seven, eight years old. You always had a team. Yeah. And now here in your early 30s, the NBA season started. And right now you don't have a team. What 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 is that like for somebody for, who has lived the sport and who still has more to give? Um, what's that like for you? Um, it's different. It's most definitely, most certainly different. Um, but like you just said, you know, you said you, you most certainly think I've been on teams for, you know, since I was about six and seven years old. Right. Um, not really though. So this kind of actually brings me back to my childhood a little bit, to be honest. Um, cause I wasn't always on a team. I was always like searching when I was a young kid. So, you know, it's kind of actually bring me back to my roots. Um, and how much I kind of have to grind to, you know, kind of get what I want. Um, but it's definitely a different, you know, situation for me. Um, you know, not not being on a team, an NBA team this early um, during the season. So, you know, it's different. But, you know, I'm just trying my best to, you know, just adjust to, to the situation um, and just continue to work. Well, well, we'll get into it here. But tell me, when you're a kid and you're searching for a team, what does that look like? What, what When you think about that, wh- where are you searching at that age to play? I'm searching everywhere. I'm like going from one AAU team to the other, um, trying to find a home, playing with a bunch of teams around the city um, up until I got with the New York Gauchos. And um, I think I, I started with the New York Gauchos my, the summer going into the into my junior year of high school. That's when I finally started with the Gauchos. And then from there, from there on, it was history. It has been a remarkable run. And, you know, when you go back through your history, Kemba, especially someone who played three years in college and won a national championship and was first team All-American and won the Bob Cousy Award, USA Basketball, and then, you know, your dozen years or so in the NBA, um, it feels like, and you played high school basketball in the city um, in a way that a lot of guys don't. Like a lot of the guys in the city now are out at the prep schools in the suburbs, which yeah. is great because it, it gives opportunities. And and your career, four years at the same high school, three years at a college, and then eight years with one NBA team, there's mm-hmm. not that much staying power in the – you look – you don't see a lot of guys with that staying power on their resume. It's like the game's not necessarily built that way anymore. Yeah, no, I could agree. Um, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm just based on loyalty, you know. Um, so I, I, that's why I try to, you know, I, that's why I wish I could have stayed, you know, with, with Charlotte for my whole career. You know, it just didn't work that way. But you know, for me, the people who trust in me and you know give me the opportunities. Um, to be myself and you know flourish in those opportunities. Those are the people I try to stay loyal to. You know, um, so yeah, like you said, it's 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 different now. You know, even with high school basketball, like I was at Rice for four years, but you know, 
it's different now for these kids. Like they go to prep school and they go from one school to the next to the to the next. Um, it just it's just something that wasn't going on back when when I was in high school. Um, but you know, times are different. The era is different. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot going on. But you know, you just have to adjust to your opportunity as best as you could. Uh, Kemba, you were in New York last year. Um, then stepped away from the team. You worked on your body. You get traded uh, draft night to – was it draft night? Night before the draft? I'm trying to remember. It was right uh, around the draft, traded to Detroit. Right? Yeah, right around the time, yeah. Yeah, draft. And then um, – and I think the plan all along was they were in a different phase. They're, they're in a rebuild. And and so here you are as a, as a free agent. How do you How do you spend your days now, Kemba? How do you monitor – with your agent Jeff Schwartz, what's going on, and and how you find a pathway back here this season into the league? Um, I spend most of my days really just working out. Um, spend my mornings, you know, I wake up and I just I get to it, you know. Um, spend some time with my trainer, um, you know, on the table, you know, before the workout stretch, you know, get myself ready for the workout, um, you know, then. I go into that phase, you know, get my workout in, then, you know, come back and just try my best to take care of my body as, as best as I can. You know, I'm just trying, I'm kind of treating it like I would be, like I would be playing, you know. Um, if we have practice, you know, I'll be, I'll be going into practice, right? And I'll be getting ready for practice. So that's how, that's kind of how I'm taking it on right now. Um, just making sure I'm right, uh, making sure I'm, I'm ready. Making sure I'm ready for whenever you know somebody gives me that call, um, because you know I just know that you know I have the ability um, to help someone, to help a team. Um, you know I, I know I can still play basketball at a very high level. So you know I just want to make sure that when that time comes, that you know I don't have to be preparing to get ready. You know I, I would already be ready. So. Yeah, that's 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 kind of how I'm spending most of my days. You know, I'm just locked in like I'm like I'm in season right now. That's how I'm feeling. You know, um, just taking it like that. There, are, well, let me start here. That your body, it feels your, your knee. How does it feel now? Do you feel like you 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 you've got something back that was? And I thought in New York last year it was. You know, you had you had a stretch in December of 29 points, 21 points, and then that 44 point game right before mm-hmm. Christmas. I mean, you showed last year you could still play at a pretty high level. Yeah. But physically, where do you feel like you're at? Uh, I feel really good, to be honest. I feel really good. Um, I feel better than I felt last season. Um, but obviously, you know, I've had more time off to, you know, really work on myself and my knee and my body. Um, yeah, you know, during that time, you know, I did have a, I did have a really, really, really good stretch. Um but unfortunately, you know, I was playing a little bit too many minutes, you know, for that stretch. So it kind of, it kind of, it kind of hurt me, you know, kind of, it kind of set me back. Um, so, but, you know, like I said, you know, I've just been, I've been grinding, I've been working and, you know, really preparing myself and my, and my, and my legs, you know, strengthening my legs so I can, you know, withstand, you know, those kind of moments. What is the role or what is a role that you would imagine for yourself re-entering the league somewhere this year? Um, I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure 
you know, I would probably a rotational player at this point in my career. Um, I would say about what I'm thinking 18 to 20 minutes, you know, some of that nature. Um, you know, because I, I just feel like I have so much to give. I feel like I have so much to give, um, you know, basketball wise, leadership wise. Um, I just know, I just know what I bring to a team and what I bring to an organization. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm a positive guy. Um, I love basketball. I love to be around great energy. Um, and that's what, that's what I'm looking for. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward, forward to being around just some, some guys who just want to play basketball and, and that's it, you know, and, and who love basketball as much as I do um, and really want to accomplish great things. So that's what I'm looking for. You look at the list of players, guys, for, you know, that you were all-stars with and competed against for a long time who uh, are not in the league this season. And there's guys who I think came into the offseason, Carmelo Anthony, DeMarcus Cousins, others. Dwight Howard would, would like to be in the league. I think he just went to Asia to play. It, it, come quick at you, right? The the idea yeah. that like you you take it for granted where you're an all star, and all of a sudden, it the, the, there's not an opportunity to start the season anyway. There, that's mm-hmm. it's it's got to be a little bit of a shock to the system, even if you understand it on a level. Um, it wasn't that long ago you just signed a max contract in Boston. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that long ago? Yeah. a two year yeah, deal in New York. Yeah. Um... It's definitely a shock just because, you know, like like some of the guys you named, like like you said earlier as well, like we've just been playing for so long and, you know, we've been on rosters early on in the season. So, you know, when times like, like this come, um, it can be hard, but, you know, it's, it's really as hard as the – it's really as tough as the, the, the individual makes it, you know. Um, for me, like I said, I'm, I'm a really positive guy, like – you know, I believe in my Lord and Savior, and I know He just He has steps for me. So, you know, I'm just I'm just going with the flow. Um, I know, I know, I know I can help someone. Like I know I can, and I'm working hard. Like I said, and my time will come. You know, my time will come, and that's that's just how I'm going about it. You know, I can't I can't get discouraged because I, I've been in this situation plenty of times in my life. You know what I mean? Um, like even for me to be like you say a full time all star, like nobody, nobody could have even imagined me becoming a full time all star. You know, coming into the league. Um, so you know, it's it's blessings, and I'm just waiting. You mentioned uh, Kemba. In your mind, in a perfect world, you would have never left Charlotte. You you would have played your career out there. Mm-hmm. Why? It gave me my opportunity. MJ, like he, he traded up for me in the draft. Um, like I had no idea I was going to go to Charlotte, um, but he wanted me. He traded up for me, made sure he got me, um, and he gave me the keys very early in my career um, to 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 flourish and play through mistakes. Um, he really just believed in me. You know, um, and that really means a lot to me. And like I said, I'm I'm just all about loyalty. And you no, know, he he was really loyal to me throughout my time there, and he still is to this day. So, you know, 
the relationship I have with MJ, the relationship I have with the whole organization, you know, it's, it's just really special. Even to this day, you know, um, they'll have some guys there who I talk to. Um, yeah, the city of Charlotte, you know, where, where I still live. Um, just an amazing place. Uh, like I said, for the most part, that's where I got my start. So, like, like in a perfect world, I would have loved, loved to, you know, play there for my whole career. If if the Kyrie Irving situation in Boston had not fallen apart and he was not going to leave, would you imagine you probably would have just figured out an extension in Charlotte at that time, looking back? Um, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so, to be honest. Yeah, no, I don't think. I it was think over. So. I don't think. Yeah, I think it was pretty much over. Yeah, I think it was pretty much over. Yeah. And I had a great combo with, M- with MJ, you know, at the end, which which I really appreciate. Um, yeah, which I really, really appreciate, which which is one of the reasons why, you know, I, I, I love him so much. Like, he came to me and we spoke and we were honest with, with each other, um, which you don't get much, you know, in this business. So, yeah, I appreciate him a lot. I can see you as we're talking here, and I can see you get a little misty-eyed when you reflect on that. And it doesn't always happen like that in this league. I mean, a lot of times, Kemba, <laughs> those goodbyes are like text messages anymore. Hey, yeah. thanks, right? They're text messages. Not even. Not even that. Or not <laughs> even that, right? It's, it's nothing. <laughs> yeah, but it's nothing. What do you remember about that conversation and what you guys talked about? that day um i mean i I just really remember just being face to face that's and that's like he didn't have to you know what i mean he didn't have to at all he didn't have to he could have sent a text he could have called me but we were face to face and we and we spoke it out um i wouldn't get into specific details but like i said that just meant like the world to me um and you know over the years he's got a lot of slack about his ownership but He's he's one of the best that I've been around. Yep. After Charlotte, Kemba, really two places that were homecomings in a way. Boston, because you played your college basketball in New England at UConn. Mm-hmm. And then the Knicks, obviously, because that's was is truly home. And yep. there's always this sort of storybook feel to it. And both places, that was sort of the I think it was the conversation leading into it. Did it change quickly in both places where it's like, yeah, the, the real life and real NBA is not usually storybook and it doesn't feel that way. Do you look at both places that way or did it did it did it last maybe a little longer in Boston? Um definitely lasts a little bit longer in Boston. Um but you know, Boston was special, man. I had a I had a great time, to be honest. I had a great, great time, man. Great people, great teammates. Um you know, I was there when, what, JT and JB, those guys were, were pretty young and still trying to figure it out. Um, and, you know, I could definitely say that I think I had a small part in helping those guys kind of kind of figure it out. You know, those are two of my, you know, really close friends. Um, even to this day, you know, we, we talk all the time. And Joe, you know, who's the head coach now, who was, who was my personal coach when I was there, who we will have just a special relationship with. Um, 
and a bunch of other guys, you know, throughout the organization who I've just built such amazing relationships with, who I still have the the chance to talk to this day. Still, um, and Brad as well. You know, me and Brad text a little bit as well. Um, I know how this. I know how this league works. You know, um, they treated me really well. That's something I can definitely say. Um, but I know the situation was because of my knee. You know. Um, yeah, that's 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 really all I can say. Yeah, as far as New York, at first it was storybook. It was it was a it was something that I really looked forward to. Um, I mean, any kid would dream of playing for their home team, um, and I and I've dreamed about that for a very long time. And you know, when the opportunity came about, I was super excited. Um, but you know, unfortunately, it just didn't. It just didn't work out for me, um, you know. Individually, I just didn't. I didn't. I didn't really fit the the system and you know what what those guys were trying to do over there. Yeah, it just just wasn't for me. Back to Boston for a moment, Kemba. When you think of Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and sort of their growth, and them figuring out how to play with each other, how to play become great two-way players. What, what do you mm-hmm. remember about maybe your conversations with them as they're trying to figure it out? Um, yeah. And you had this really, Marcus, you had this young team growing and mm-hmm. getting into the conference finals. I think people sometimes forget, especially early last year when they're like, can these two play together? It's like they've yeah. been at a conference finals. Final, you know? So yeah. what do you remember about those guys figuring it out and, and, and sort of playing a role in that? Um, in that conversation with him, um, I just remember me. I remember me telling those guys, like, because you know they always seen the talks and everybody saying that they can't play with each other. Um, but I always just try to tell them, like, just block that out. Like, I always told them, like, this organization isn't going nowhere without you two, literally. Like, and my 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 main thing to those guys was that they had to love each other. Like there was two guys, like smart. Um, I'm sorry, Jason and and Jalen. Like you two guys have to come together as much as you can and lead this team to the promised land. Like they can't go anywhere without those two guys. Like, those two guys are so special, and they showed it. They showed it, and um, and I was really proud of those guys because we definitely had some. Some great combos between the between the three of us, um, a lot. And um, I mean, I'm not trying to take any credit or anything of that nature because you know those two guys are just two special talents and special people. Um, and they made it work, man. They made it work, and it was really really cool to see those guys in the in the championship last season. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand slams, web gems with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. 
Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Kemba, how would you describe, even from the time you arrived in the NBA and to what you see now, of of the forces that I think exist within teams that tear players apart from each other, tears apart management, coaches, players, ownership, eight, that there's always things pulling people apart and things much less seem sustainable in this league. The contracts, it doesn't matter whether you're on a long-term contract. If you want to get a trade, you're going to get one and you can push for it. Mm-hmm. You saw how that's played out in the last few years, whether it was you know Harden arriving in Brooklyn and then out of Brooklyn to Philly and the threat of it always hanging over teams that forces decisions and how organizations have to react. What is it like watching that and how difficult it is to keep a group together, to keep it focused on each other, winning all of those things versus all these forces that are pulling a lot of things apart? I mean, you can look at it from both sides, right? Um, You know, sometimes guys get traded and don't know, like, and they didn't want to get traded um, and didn't have a say. Um, and that can really, that can really just hurt an individual, you know. Um, but then you have the guys who kind of force their way, you know. They ask for the trade or they they went out. Um, you can see it from both ways, like from the players' aspect and from the owners or GMs aspect, you know? Yeah, and I and I don't even mean it I don't even mean it in that way, Kemba, in terms of right and wrong. It's just the reality mm-hmm. of it's it's not even about and you absolutely see it from both sides. And but yeah. just how combustible everything is day to day in the yeah. NBA. Like just, you can't just say, hey, I'm gonna go here and play with this group and we can be together for years. Mm. That's not really how it's probably going to be. It's just, I guess, more combustible, and you better be ready to pivot in this league because change is coming yeah. whether you like it or not, one way or another, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Um, you really just got to <laughs> – yeah, that's 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 pretty true. You just have to you just have to be mentally prepared, I think, you know. Um, you have to be mentally prepared to – on a daily basis um, – because like you said, you just you just never never know what's what's gonna happen. Like change can come so fast in the in the in a heartbeat. Um but yeah, so you just have to be mentally focused. You have to gotta be ready for anything. You gotta be able to adjust to any situation. Um Yeah, that's that's really that's really all I can I can say about that situation. Yeah, because it's it's definitely it's different, you know. It hasn't always been that way. You know, the times are the times are definitely different in that aspect. 
And I think too, you talk about being mentally prepared for anything and, and being, and so much of your career has been built around preparation, leadership, uh, uh, focus, and in a world where, and you know this, like you, you can have young guys sitting at their locker on Twitter at halftime who shot two for eight in the first half and they're reading the comments and it can paralyze you. The criticism, <laughs> you can ingest it. And there's more out there to get you off course, right, as a young player oh, if yeah. you cannot learn how to manage it, right? And I and I oh, do yeah. wonder, having veterans, and I, I don't know if team, I don't know the premium some organizations put on anymore and having guys like you around yeah. in a locker room to have that um, – that, what what that presence means. I think sometimes it's we're going to use the last roster spots for developmental guys, young guys that we want to see. And I get that. But I do wonder if this league, some organizations care less about mentorship than they used to. Yeah. I, and I can completely, I can completely agree with you on that. Um, there shouldn't be any phones in the locker room at halftime. That, that, sh- that shouldn't be allowed. Um, and I've seen it. I've seen guys go straight to the phone at halftime, and it's it likes <laughs> it like irks my nerve to the to the max because there's nothing on that phone that you should be paying attention to in this particular moment. Literally, like we're going, we having a game, and it's half. You're not playing well, and then you want to go to social media where people are most likely bashing you. Um, and that's going to just bring your confidence down even more. Like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and, you know, not saying it because I'm out of the league at the moment and I am an older guy, but I do think it needs to be more of a focus of, you know, having some some veteran leadership. Because I'm going to be honest, I do think that I am a person and there are plenty, there are plenty other guys who can help in that aspect. Um for instance, um, Miami, um, Donis Haslam. He's been around for a very, very long time. And, you know, it's a reason he's there. <laughs> it is a reason he's there because I'm pretty sure that man holds everyone accountable on that team. And that's what it's about, man. It's about accountability from top to bottom. It's about coming to work and doing your job for because this is this is our this is our livelihood we play basketball and i think a lot of the young guys um get caught up in the social media aspect um which has nothing to do with the game nothing it's funny it reminds me of something uh your old coach and i know somebody you're fond of steve clifford would say to me he always said if you're looking for positive reinforcement coaching is not the profession to get into. And I always agree. <laughs> if you're uh-huh. looking for positive reinforcement, social media is not the place to go to find it. Right? <laughs> very, <laughs> very few are there to tell you you're doing a great job today. Um, uh, but uh, um, mentioned Steve Clifford, and I know you spend a lot of your time, your, Charlotte's still home for you. Uh, yes, seeing sir. him back in Charlotte's got to be you guys were there a long time together and I know you two were close yeah. to see him back there. Uh, is gotta be interesting, right? Oh man. It's definitely interesting. It's not something I would have thought, but I knew he wanted to get back. Um, 
I'm super happy for him, man, because he is such an forget coach, man. He's he's such an unbelievable guy. Um such an unbelievable guy. And he's he's he def most definitely is a great coach. Like he changed my life. He changed my life from the first day I met him. Um he he came in and he told me that I will be an all star. When I looked at him with like like he had ten eyes or something, just like is he is he is this guy playing me? <laughs> but one thing he always did, man, he he just kicked it to me straight. He was always honest with me. Um and he just held everyone accountable, man, which which everyone on the NBA roster should want, you know. Let me ask you a question about that, Kemba. When you say a coach holds a player accountable, what does that look like? From the best player to the from from the all star and best player you were to the fifteenth guy, when a pl- when a player says a coach is holding people accountable, what does that look like? It looks like, for example, I mean, if I'm late, he's not having it. If I'm the best player on the team and I'm late, he's gonna let me have it. You know what I mean? He's not just gonna let me be late. Um, if I'm not practicing hard, he is going to let me know that I'm not practicing hard and he will do it in front of everyone. Um, and you know, I was at the time, one of the best players on the team. So, you know, if, if I had my days where I wasn't, you know, going pretty hard in practice, he would let me know, which you have to appreciate. Um, if things are, if I'm not playing hard in the game, you know, he will let me know in his way, you know, <laughs> things of that nature, you know, he's not just going to say something to the guy at the end of the bench. He's going to say something to the best guy as well, which, which what you just have to appreciate, man. You really do. You really have to appreciate that. Is, is that more, is that, does that happen less than people might imagine in the NBA based on your experience? Uh, yes. 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 It does. It does. I, I remember that 2015-16 team you had, that six-game series with Miami. That was mm-hmm. a fierce playoff series. I don't know if people remember. It was a first-round series, but you guys yeah, were trying, like, uh, I just remember how physical, and and it always is going to be with Miami, right? That was that was a memorable. Yeah. You, you, you've been to the conference finals with the – Celtics and you know in the bubble and which was a whole other experience it was but yeah <laughs> that th- that was that was a fierce series yeah that was it really was pretty pretty fierce and 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 physical like and that's some a memory that I will never ever forget and that was true NBA playoff basketball man like you were such a hungry team. That was such a hungry Charlotte team. Yeah, we were so hungry, man. We were young and we were hungry just trying to get the city on the map. And I know Charlotte hasn't got out of the first round, so we were trying to just accomplish that so bad for the city. Um, unfortunately, we didn't because, obviously, they had the legendary D-Wade who, who hasn't hit a three since December. <laughs> we're all the way in April. <laughs> right. He hits two step-back tough threes. <laughs> Oh man, that guy is unbelievable. But man, we gave him a run for that money, and it was, it was really good, man. It, it like that's what really, really turned me up individually, just to really, just want to be great in this league, man. Like it was special. 
So Kemba, I think you look at how the calendar plays out in the NBA, and I think this is a tough time of year if you're not on an opening night roster because you don't see a lot of the 10 days don't start for a couple months and December 15th kind of marks the beginning of trade season because you can more of your roster is eligible to be traded. And I think that starts with, I think maybe to create opportunities, certainly injuries can happen, but is that how you kind of map this out a little bit that it may just take some time because roster spots, they just don't open teams don't have to guarantee guys until early January. Right? Like we're, you, you probably have some mm-hmm. patience with that idea that that it's too oh, yeah. it's all kind of landlocked right now. Yeah, yeah, you know it's what these guys are about what twelve games or so in. Um, and yeah, like you said, that's just how I'm looking at it. Just, just really, just sitting back, being patient, and just giving my myself a chance to really just continue to you know get my knee right, get my legs stronger, get my body stronger. Um, and yeah, like. I've been around, you know, and like you said, injuries happen. Um, in this day and age, COVID happens, <laughs> right. you know. So, you know, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just gonna wait it out. I'm gonna be patient. Um, I think my time will come, man. I really do. I think my time will come, and you know, when it comes, I'm just try my best to be as ready as possible. Um, yeah. Well, Kemba, listen. Wish you the best. Getting back this season, I am confident we are going to see you back in the league, uh, putting it on somebody here before too long, four-time NBA All-Star, uh, Kemba Walker. Kemba, thanks for jumping in here. I uh, appreciate you, and uh, we'll we'll catch up down the road this season. Yes, sir, Walsh. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it a lot. Thank you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Great to visit with... Kemba Walker again. I, I he's going to be in the league somewhere this season. I, I'd be surprised if there wasn't an opportunity for him, and I'd be even more surprised if he gets one. He doesn't go in and and make some contributions to a team on the floor. His ability to still score the ball, and and obviously what Kemba Walker would mean to anybody in a locker room around uh, their organization that that almost goes without saying. I want to bounce a little bit around the league before we go today. And I just think it is remarkable what's gone on at the top of the Western conference standings. I know it's early. Uh, We're still in the first, you know, inside the first 15 games of the season, but uh, what the Utah jazz have done at 10 and three to see them sitting atop the Western conference standings. I think Vegas had them like, I don't usually pay attention to that, but they had about like 23 and a half wins over under, 10-3 Ten and three with Will Hardy, their first year coach, and they are a fun team to watch. Tim Legler, Scott Van Pelt did a great segment on them the other night. Uh, as much as we ever talk about the Utah Jazz when they don't have big stars, and we spend so much time at ESPN on a few teams, but it was awesome to hear Legs and SVP break down 
what's just a fun team to watch and what Will Hardy has done since he's come in with almost a whole new team, you know, certainly some key holdovers and Jordan Clarkson, of course, Mike Conley Jr. Uh, in Utah, but Lori Markkinen is playing like an all-star. This is the guy who Minnesota drafted, traded to Chicago, and you saw those glimpses and flashes and hurt last year in Cleveland and around a lot of talent. And you just see a guy coming into his own and, and Clarkson, who's been just uh, the rebirth of his career under Quinn Snyder in Utah, and now Will Hardy has been awesome. But they're a testament to, I mean, it's pretty simple there. They play really hard, and they pass the ball. They share the ball, and they've got shooters all over the court. Walker Kessler, the rookie, has been a presence. You're trying to figure out that Kelly Olenek trade with uh, Boyan Bogdanovich back in the preseason with Detroit, and you saw what Utah wanted, which was a center who um, could impact them, step out, certainly stretch the floor. And it's funny, the Jazz, everybody with the Jazz, when they made the Donovan Mitchell trade and, of course, the Rudy Gobert trade, they did not talk about trying to be really bad and chase Victor Wembanyama and, and bringing in Colin Sexton and coming off the season-ending injury he had last year. You still see him working his way back in. He's going to be really good. I don't think they thought they'd be 10-3 and three and be top 10 in offense and defense. I think they're third in the league in offense. But they thought they would have a team people would want to watch, and they never thought they would be that bad, and they were right. And what you're seeing, though, with a lot of draft picks moving forward, and it's funny, you look back at the Donovan Mitchell trade and you look at the package they could have done with New York and the package they could have done with Cleveland, and I think there were some who thought the Knicks package of players um, and their picks, you always felt like the Knicks picks are going to be more valuable than Cleveland's because Cleveland's going to be really good, and more than likely they will be for years to come. I guess you never know. And then, of course, the Knicks, who knows? And history shows you Knicks picks have value because they haven't, they, they've not been able to sustain success. But um, to see the impact Markinen has had, and Utah saw it with Markinen, that he would be a keeper for them, not just a guy they would take and flip. And they were right about Laurie Markinen and uh, Will Hardy, who was the youngest head coach in the league until Joe Mazzulla was promoted in Boston. And Mazzulla and Will Hardy were on that Boston staff together last year, both interviewed for the Jazz job. And when Will Hardy got the job and Joe Mazzulla didn't, he tried to hire Mazzulla to come with him. Boston uh, took care of Mazzulla, gave him a big raise, moved him up the bench. And, of course, the Ime Yudoka situation happens, and now Joe Mazzulla is the coach of the Celtics. But Will Hardy, this is a coach who a lot of executives who I really respect around the NBA had had their eye on, none more than the Spurs who knew what they had in him. And I give them a lot of credit. And Will Hardy talked about this on my podcast with him at Summer League about when he went to Greg Popovich about leaving to go with Ime Udoka in Boston. And Pop just thought it would be a great experience for him to go experience something different, work for the Celtic organization, uh, be the top assistant with Ime Udoka. And I think there was always a thought in San Antonio whenever Pop decided to retire, Will Hardy would be at the very top of their list, and I think he would have been. And Utah snatched him up. And Justin Zanuck, their GM, and Danny Ainge, their CEO, they were well aware of 
Hardy and you see what people who had been around him with the Spurs, with the Celtics, you talk to players about him, and then USA Basketball. He was around USA Basketball a lot because of being on Greg Popovich's staff. He got to work there. Jeff Van Gundy, who was around USA Basketball as, as a coach and an assistant, was such a Will Hardy fan. And, and I think that for Utah to have the cornerstone of guys here, I mean, this isn't going to be their team for the next five years, but they have some keepers here and they, and, and they have a coach in Will Hardy, who very early in the year is your early, very, very early favorite for NBA coach of the year. This jazz team reminds me a little bit of that 2013 Phoenix Suns team. Jeff Hornacek's first year as coach, Ryan McDonough was a GM in his first year. Now that team the year before was terrible and then won, I think, 48 games and almost got in the playoffs. I think they lost out in the last night of the year. But everybody expected them to be a 24-25 win team uh, again. And I think that's what people thought with his Utah team. And you just see this team. It's fun to watch. They love playing with each other and and share the ball. And you look at the top of the Western standings, and you see with Portland to it at 8-3. and three, I mean, they were so bad in the preseason. And you wondered if this was just going to be a really long year for them. They didn't defend at all. And Chauncey Billups has been really putting a lot of – had put a lot of emphasis on that end of the floor – and then all of a sudden you see it, regular season starts, they're winning close games, interchangeable parts, sharing the ball, Damian Lillard's healthy again, and you see Anthony Simons, who signed the big $100 million deal in the offseason, has been terrific, and Shaden Sharp, the rookie, who you didn't think maybe was going to play a lot this year, like he's going to be a star. And Joe Cronin, their GM, and Mike Schmitz, my old colleague at ESPN, they hit it on uh, Sharp. Uh, who didn't play at Kentucky last year, was there, but was got to college earlier, did the early, whatever they call that now, the, the uh, early graduation thing, and, and thought he would play this year uh, for Kentucky and decided to get in the draft. And for a guy who didn't play really last year, you just see him coming on and playing big minutes and spectacular at times. And that's a Portland team that, you know, I don't know if they'll be a playoff team. They are eight and three now, and it'll be interesting to see. You know, you certainly expect the Warriors are going to pick it up, and but I tell you what, you, you look at behind them in the West, and you're trying to figure out. You know, they're going to fall behind the Spurs. They're going to fall behind the Timberwolves. Have certainly been a disappointment so far. Uh, I think they'll play better, but Portland, uh, who maybe you thought would be a play-in team, maybe they do get in to the postseason, but but it's it's fun to see some of these early teams get some success, see some offseason moves that paid off. And um, you know, those are just two teams that, that that have just been fun to watch their development. And you you know, you look at the top of the East early on and it's kind of what you'd expect. The Bucks, the Cavs, the Celtics, uh, they probably is three of the most talented teams in the you could make the case in, in whatever order those are there may not be three more talented teams who've gotten off to uh, a good start. And, you know, Milwaukee's going to get Chris Middleton back. Pat Connaughton's going to come back and 10-1 and one early. You know, Giannis playing like an MVP like he does every year. Uh, that's going to be uh, certainly East still goes through them. But, you know, Brooklyn has been the story in the East. Uh, the firing of Steve Nash, the suspension 
of Kyrie Irving. And I think Jacques Vaughn, you could start to see him stabilizing that team. That was a great win for them. I was in Brooklyn the other night, watched them play the Knicks. And there's a spirit about that group. And really with Kyrie Irving gone, there's a different spirit around that group. And you can feel it. You can sense it uh, around the people there. I, I think they're playing with uh, a little more joy, a little more excitement, and a little more confidence, and they're defending. They're starting to defend, and Durant's playing at an all-world level as usual, but they go out on the road. It'll be interesting to see with this Nets team if at some point Kyrie Irving comes back, which I believe he will, what that looks like, how that impacts that group, and you know, I think it's a team. It's been a very fragile team. You know, they finally got some good minutes out of Ben Simmons. I think he's found a role, at least for now, off the bench. And that's a team that's got to have Ben Simmons playing. Uh, I don't know if he's going to play at an all-star level again. I'm not sure that's – I'm not sure anybody's confident of that. We haven't seen anything to suggest that yet. But if he can play well and he can be more impactful, that's the only chance this Brooklyn team really has. They need him. The rebound, they certainly need him to defend and, and play make. Uh, but man, stuff still swirls around this Nets team, and it goes back to the Irving suspension and how they come out of that and how they sort of reconnect with him as an organization and what that all looks like. I think the pressure is on in Brooklyn. You always feel it with Kevin Durant and does Kevin Durant have staying power with this group? He's been really positive lately, been very enthusiastic with this group. I think he's embraced Jacques Vaughn. He is liked. You can see how excited he is about how some of those young players have contributed. And that's been a positive for them in the last week. But if we know anything about Brooklyn, it's been over the last few years, having staying power has been difficult for them. And, and so we'll see how that plays out. But Jacques Vaughn, he'll be the coach the rest of this season. And as I reported, he's got a deal for next year. But this is really an audition year for him if they decide at the end of the season that they need to upgrade, they can just do it with a year left on his deal or they can extend him. I would be shocked if he went and started next year um, on a one-year deal. I think if things go well, he probably gets a new contract. But we're a long way off uh, from that. But it has been an interesting first few weeks here. Uh, Friday night, we've got, we're in studio in Seaport for our Friday night NBA game. I know Malika Andrews is going to be heading east. She's going to host our NBA countdown show ahead of the Timberwolves and Grizzlies. Minnesota has been disappointing so far. I think they knew it would be a challenge initially. They've just been flat. They've been... I don't think you can just put it on trying to figure out how to play with Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns. It's been, you know, the other night they're running around with four guys on the court. Um, not ideal, but this is a group that did have a lot of success last year. And I do think there's too much talent there for them not to figure it out. I think Chris Finch is too good of a coach. And Anthony Edwards is going to be a superstar in this league. And I think you'll start to See that more night in, night out. But it has been a rough start for them in Minnesota. Um, and uh, certainly the, the Gobert acquisition was really one of the 
deals of the offseason, uh, how far Tim Connolly went in terms of assets with Utah to get Rudy Gobert shortly after he arrived, after Tim Connolly arrived from Denver. And I think his thought all along was Minnesota is going to have three of the top 25 players in the world in Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert, and Anthony Edwards. When could that organization ever say that? And if you have that much talent, you can figure it out over time. Maybe that means not everybody stays, but you get the assets. And, you know, the four draft picks plus Walker Kessler, who looks pretty good in Utah, as I said earlier, uh, a lot to give up for him. But one thing about Tim Connolly, you look through his career as a front office executive, he has found a lot of players late in the draft, second round, you know, everybody from obviously the two-time MVP, Nikola Jokic in the second round, uh, Monty Morris uh, from Iowa State, you could go down the list. And so he doesn't have to have first-round picks. He has shown to, to find guys. He scouts. He gets out on the road. He's got Matt Lloyd on his staff. Now in Minnesota, those are gym rats, and, and history has shown those guys find players. So I think Minnesota, the picks are significant, but – I do think the Gobert acquisition still makes sense to me because you can still alter that roster and you have players who have value if, if it doesn't all work out here in a year. So plenty going on. Uh, again, NBA countdown on Friday night, uh, 9 o'clock roughly Eastern. We've got the Minnesota-Memphis game at 9.30 on ESPN. Uh, hopefully, hopefully you're tuning in. We'll, we'll catch you then. Have a great weekend. Be sure to listen to new and archived episodes of the Woj Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to also listen to the Low Post with Zach Lowe, the Hoop Collective with Brian Windhorst, and of course the Adam Schefter Podcast with Adam Schefter. We'll catch you next time. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply.